Well, hello, 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 everyone. It's your girl, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. And you know what time it is. It is time for conversations from the C-suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And you know how we do it. I just want to ask you to take a few minutes and invite somebody to this conversation because we'll have a great conversation about making money moves. And we don't want to be having a conversation by ourselves. So, you know, here in the C-suite, we believe in the power of three. Please make sure you invite at least three B three friends or share this in three groups because we want to have a powerful conversation you know sometimes it get quiet around the table when folks start talking about money so we want to make sure that we have folks in the house to talk about the money moves that we need to be making so y'all know what to do make sure you have your favorite beverage i got kool-aid tonight i had to switch from wine to kool-aid i had to take it uh, take it down a notch because it's been one of those kind of days. But you know what? That's what CEOs do. We make it happen. We make it work. So I'm going to take a few minutes myself to invest in the power of three. So y'all know what to do. Hang tight and invite. And soon we will begin the next episode of Conversations from the C-Suite. Girlfriend's Guide to Being a CEO. All right. Well, you know what time it is. It is time to begin our conversations from the C-suite. I'd like to welcome you to the C-suite where we make CEO moves. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host for tonight. And I'm the CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives so they can be better CEOs in their business. And you know what? Every, every woman deserves to be the CEO of her life. She needs to have a seat at the table and not only that, but create a seat at the table for others because there is power when women gather. So we are always excited to have conversations here in the C-suite. This is an power, a power packed hour that provides women a platform to share their business and career experiences. We work to elevate mindsets and we compel women to take action. Cause you know what? CEOs don't wait on great things to happen. They make great things happen. Now, you know, in a business, the C-suite is typically where the decisions are made. It's at the top. You can't go any higher than the C-suite. Well, each of us has a C-suite in our lives and it is the place where we make the decisions to create the life we desire and deserve. And of course, a CEO, a chief executive officer, is the one who makes the move. 
After all, it's in the middle name, the chief executive officer. Execute means you are getting things done. You are making those CEO moves. Now, when you're making those CEO moves, sometimes you may be a CEO on the rise. You're just getting started. You don't know quite where you're going yet. You are trying to map your way out, but you know what? You are taking the steps necessary. Then you may be a CEO on the move. You've been at this for a minute, but you still have a ways to go and you're working on becoming even better at your CEO moves every day. And then finally, you may be the CEO who has arrived. You've been doing this. You know it. You have excelled at it. But you know what? Regardless of where you are, you can always take it to the next level because gold medal athletes don't stop, don't stop training after they get their gold medals. They keep pushing themselves so they can get to the next level. So here in the conversations from the C-suite, this is the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And it's where we have the powerful conversations. But again, it's more than just talk. It's about making those CEO moves because here in the C-suite, we want you to feel something, learn something, but most of all, baby, you got to do something. You got to make those CEO moves. You've got to create circles of influence, educate and empower yourself to elevate your life, operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcome. Because if all you do is take notes and comment and say, oh, this is so good. You don't do anything with it, girl. You done wasted your time. So this is indeed a conversation. So don't just sit there watching, join in the conversation. Because whether you are the CEO of a business or you report to a CEO, you are always the CEO of your life. So here we want to talk about strategies, strategies that help you to capitalize on your most powerful asset, the power of choice to create extraordinary outcomes in your business and life. So are you ready? Are you ready to enter the C-suite? Are you ready for a great conversation that helps you to make those CEO moves? Well, I don't know about you, but I am. I am ready. You know, tonight on this episode, we're going to talk about CFO moves, chief financial officer moves for the CEO, what every woman CEO needs to make money moves in the C-suite and beyond. Now, this is a great two-part series that's going to help you to get your money right. You know, Puff Daddy may be brother love now, but it's still all about the Benjamins, baby. Your journey to the C-suite will go straight to the mailroom if you can't get that financial statement in the black. In order to have a truly, in order to truly create the life you desire and deserve, you need the financial capital to fully fund your choices. You can't live in the C-suite with receptionist funds. Remember, CEO signed the front of the check, receptionist well, they just signed the back. So on tonight's episode of Conversations from the C-Suite, A Girlfriend's Guide to the CEO, we have Umama Marzuk, and we are going to have a candid conversation about how you can write the check, cash it, multiply it, and grow it. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring to the virtual stage, none other than Umama Marzuk, one of my dear friends. I have had the chance of, uh, or the, the honor of knowing her. We haven't even known each other for a year, but I tell you, it feels like, uh, it's. you know what, it will be a year this month, as a matter yeah. of fact. 
Yeah. It will be a year this month. But she's one of those people where it feels like I have known her my entire life. So we're just so glad to bring Umama to the stage. I tell you, she is a financial advisor. She is a world traveler and adventurer, just a women empowerment extraordinaire. And it is my pleasure to bring Umama to the stage. So Umama, you know how we do this. Welcome. Welcome to the C-Suite. I'm so excited to join all you ladies. Uh, yes. Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me on this platform. Um, yes. A little technology difficulties, but we're in action, which is great. <laughs> we, we, made it, we made it work. Which I is tell so you. great. So yes. great. So this great. is awesome. So you know how we do it. I want to know the who, the what, and the why. So I've shared a little bit about you, but I want you to tell us who you are, what you do, and why you make your movie. Absolutely. So um, my name is Umar Marzouk, and I've been in the financial world now actually seven years this month. And prior to being in the financial world, I was an accountability co uh, coach for real estate investors. Now, it was fun. It was dandy. I got to travel, got to meet a lot of great investors. But there were two elements that were missing from those investor worlds, which were A, the females, and B, the minorities. Yeah. And I felt like I wasn't really reaching out to everyday folks. I wasn't really reaching out to, some, to people and really knowing what their goals are. Um, yes, I would help them with their businesses. And yes, I would help them with what they need to do with their business regarding marketing, regarding what they need to uh, what team members they need to bring on, but there was something missing. And there was a client of mine actually out in California who I was having a conversation with, and he asked me if I'd ever thought about being a financial advisor. And I just, over the phone, I was like, I, I have never thought about that. I know nothing about money. And he goes, no, you actually do. You're teaching us every single day, but there's a few things that you should get licensed for in order to educate people about their finances. Um, so I thought about the idea for a little bit, and then there's this great book. It's called How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling, and it's by Frank um, Gidber. And he used to be a famous baseball player back in the 1900s, ended up hurting his shoulder, and became a financial advisor. Now, he's the guy that was selling stuff to GE, the railroads, um, Dale Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, all those famous men out there and really empowering them and educating about their finances. So I read this book. I got empowered, but the word insurance, the word finance is so taboo, right? No one wants to talk about that. It's such, a, such an awful word to talk about, especially at the dinner table. Yeah, um, yeah. But I pushed through. It actually took me a um, couple tries to pass. And then when I passed, I went to a few different companies, and then I finally found, like, home. Mm -hmm. And when... The, the company that I'm with right now, I was able to really empower women and empower minorities and empower small business owners. That's who I really wanted to cater to. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit about the background. So I've been doing it now for seven years, and it has been the best journey ever. Uh, yeah. It allows me to live the life that I want to do in terms of traveling, meeting people, speaking to people, and helping business owners, helping CEOs get to the top to where they need to be. Yeah. Uh, I live in Plymouth, uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, and licensed in various different states. I'll travel to you if you need to. <laughs> and it's just a matter of honestly knowing what your goals are and what your passion is, and then the money will, will, will make it work. 
because mm -hmm. the financial aspect of things, it's just, it's just a stepping stone. It's just the tool, but it's not the end all be all. It's just the tool that's going to help you get to that next level. Um, so that's who I am and that's where I'm at. <laughs> okay. You know, before we get into like, you know, really talking about finance, one of the cool things that y'all really need to know about Amanda, one of the things I'm just, just super, super impressed by, you know, especially with a world traveler. And I kid you not, she is one of one of the most fascinating things uh, of, of the many fascinating things that that I know about her was her adventurous nature in traveling all along to China. She went. Did you, did you go there to, to do a race? I can't remember. Yeah, I went yeah. there. It was my first marathon. Uh, first marathon. Um, <laughs> one of my best friends at the time. Well, she's still my one of my best friends, but she back in 2014, sent me a picture of China, the Great Wall, and she goes, would you run this? I'm like, people don't run the wall. And she goes, no, they do. So uh, she actually ended up getting engaged about seven months after to us planning to us. Running. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to be getting married soon. So all this chaos and stuff, I was like, well, I'm going to go. I'm not going to stop. Um, so ended up running in china and honestly if you can do it go do it because it, it, it was just amazing and then yeah. went and um hiked mount mount hishan um and Kishan. just really got to explore That's how i got red kool-aid you tell me about Kishan, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really got to explore and yeah. it's when you get to explore and especially seeing other cultures Mm -hmm. um, that allows you to really get to work with people and understand that we're all really all alike our mm -hmm. goals and what we're trying to accomplish boil down to the same things. It's just a different person with a different passion. Um, so I really highly encourage people to travel and get out of your comfort zone because it'll be the best experience that you can ever experience. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. I, I love that story because, you know, it, it's truly about what being a CEO is, is all about. And that is not being afraid to take risks. And, you know, it highlights there's so many analogies and metaphors and parables you can draw from that experience you know one not being afraid to go by yourself mm -hmm. because women we tend to do things in packs <laughs> you know in groups and yep. girlfriend won't go with you a lot of times you won't do things you won't try and you know we, we really got to get out of that habit it is great to do things together you know one of the the kindred spirits about umama and, and i is that we both travel by ourselves. You know, I've, I've traveled to Europe uh, by myself and uh, it's, you know, truly, truly been a great experience. And then, you know, one of the things that she, she left out, so you talked about going hiking, she goes off searching for this rare tea or something. Yes. Something. Yes. <laughs> China is the only place in the world where this tea is made. And she decides she's got to go yep. she goes off by herself off the grid, so to speak, loses a debit. No, she didn't lose a debit card because she was way out in in um, the wilderness. I call it the wilderness, but just way <laughs> out off the grid, so to speak. Her bank thought that her uh, card had been stolen or whatever, so they <laughs> cut off access. And so like a true CEO, like a true boss, she figured it out. She navigated it, got her tea, and got on back to civilization. <laughs> yep, it was definitely a very 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 humbling experience i am so grateful that i brought snacks along for my hiking <laughs> trip because otherwise i would have starved um yeah. my i didn't realize that i guess like 
China has different provinces, just like the same thing with the United States has different states. And I told them that I was going to be in Beijing, but I didn't tell them I was going to travel to different parts of China. (laughs) I guess that was just a red flag uh, with my bank. And so I saw the money every single time I went to the ATM machine, but I just couldn't take it out. And I was like, (laughs) but it was definitely a humbling experience. And Yeah. yeah, when you, when you, experience those different experiences, whether it's humbling, whether it's going to strengthen you, it's going to allow you to be able to step into your greatness. And the Mm -hmm. more that you can step into your greatness, it just makes you a better person and allows you to be able to help more people. Um, So yeah, go get that tea over in uh, Mount Hishan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and and again, great analogies for what we want to talk about today because, you know, money, (laughs) All right, the taboo subject, the thing that everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Yet we don't talk about it. We don't actively plan for it. We yep. we take a lot of risk with money when it's very simple in many respects to yep. to plan and have a strategy around it. And a lot of times, you know, we find ourselves in situations where yeah, our money is funny, and it's because you know we have not really made the CEO move to be the CFOs of our lives as well, be the chief financial officer. So I just want to kind of get the conversation started around, you know, as a woman, as a woman CEO who is either, you know, in a business, wants to start a business, or maybe still on the nine to five, you know, what are some things that women CEOs really need to be thinking about to position themselves to be, uh, to be financially, not just financially stable, but financially thriving and, and growing them. Where do you start? First, I would say have a passion. Have a real, real, real strong passion um, because times are going to get tight, lo- mm-hmm. tough. Life is not easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Life is definitely has its dips and its shotguns and its yeah. jabs and yeah. you think you're going up, but you're really going down. Um, so really, really, really have a passion, have that passion so strong that it exudes out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, when you have that passion, then everything else will come into place. So Mm -hmm. a, have yourself a passion, make Mm -hmm. sure that everywhere you go, everywhere, everything that you do, that passion is coming out. Uh, when I first met Stephanie, actually, so we, we both spoke at an event together and I didn't know who she was yet because she, she had just gotten in. But I was like, I need to meet this woman. I was like, I don't know who she is, but she's just a powerhouse. And I need to go talk to her. And we ended up spending, what, most of the night together. Um, We just went around Boston hanging out. um, Got to really, really talk and built a great friendship. Right. And and, um, just kept in touch, which is phenomenal. Right. And back in March, uh, we went to run a marathon. Yes. uh, The uh, Georgia Marathon. I unfortunately didn't get to finish, uh, but Stephanie finished strong. So (laughs) finishing on strong, you want to make sure that you have a great support system. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have that support system, I mean, I'm sure Stephanie wanted to give up as so many times. She was strong. She was one strong woman. And let me tell you, if you ever run those Georgia marathons, they're not easy. (laughs) Yes, 77 heels, by the way, 70 seven heels yes i counted the <laughs> 77 because you so know 77 hills <laughs> yes and that's the thing too because you you've mentioned you know it's important in in plotting your because you know 
your finances really are a marathon. And I think a lot of people live their financial life like a sprint. Yes. You know, and they're just kind of running really fast. They run it, you know, really quick. But when it truly is, it's a marathon, which means, you know, you have to plan for it. Yes. You have to know what to do when you do face those heels. You got to take advantage of going down. Damn, because yep. going down here during a race is excellent, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you're speed and you're not, uh, not you know, having too much uh, strain on your muscles. But going uphill, you know, you've got to know what's on the other side or got to know, you know, with reasonable probability what's on the other side. And I think, you know, especially with women, you know, we we don't really, sometimes it's cultural, sometimes, sometimes. it's our relationship, sometimes it's just we don't know what we don't know. Right. I know with my, you know, when I grew up, my parents never talked to me about money. They never really explained to me what was a credit card. I really, I honestly didn't, I didn't have credit cards until I got to college. You know, you send yep. your credit card applications and I matched those free pizzas and t shirts. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh my God. Then I, then I figured out, oh, you got to pay for this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, but it's conversations that we need to have. We need to have conversations with our children with our our loved ones we need to uh connect to people who can tell us what it is that we need to know so you know this is in the c-suite it's just me and you we're we're having a conversation and you know if you know that i have i'm doing well in my business i'm doing well on the job you know I'm, i'm making i'm making some money what are some things that you would tell me that would help me to make sure that i was thinking of my financial um, run as a marathon and not just sprinting through all my money. Exactly. So back to the, to the marathon analogy, right? The advantage that Stephanie had living down South is she was used to those Hills. Mm -hmm. So she was able to train and make sure that she's finishing strong. We're up in Massachusetts. There's not that many Hills for me to train on. Um, So when it relates to your business, right? You want to make sure that you're training to, for that finish line. So what's that finish line for people? It's their exit strategy, right? How are they going to leave their business or how they're going to sell it? So the first thing that I would recommend to people is make sure that you have the right exit plan in place first. So many people focus on the race, right? I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, but they're not focusing on, well, what happens next? So let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of exit plans, right? Some sometimes there there are exit plans that we're not even aware of. So in an injury, mm-hmm. when I was running the marathon, I had an injury. I had to pull out because I knew if I continued going, I would not be able to finish. I wanted to. I really, 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 really wanted to, but I knew my body just couldn't handle it anymore. So I ended up actually getting an Uber because I got lost <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and navigating back to the to the finish line. So that finish line was my exit strategy, right? I trained, but obviously not hard enough or good enough for me to have that exit. So an injury, you want to make sure that you have the right protections in place. So mm-hmm. God forbid an injury or a sickness, whether mm-hmm. it's yourself, your business partner, a family member, anything that can happen, you're prepared for it financially. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't hit on you um, and all that training that you have done for your job, for your mm-hmm. career, for your, uh, your life doesn't get on hold. So Mm -hmm. number one is making sure that you have the right exit strategy that's out there. 
The second thing is make sure that you're evaluating your business. Mm. I would say, honestly, you really want to do it every once a year. But if you can mm. do it twice a year, you want to. Because if you were to, if you were to have a business, let's say back in the 90s, right? And you jumped on the bandwagon of making sure that your business is online. By the way, ladies, if your business is not online, get on there. Yeah. Um, because you really aren't in business unless your business is online. You want to make sure that you're following the trends, right? Mm -hmm. So take Amazon, for example. Example: Amazon was just a bookstore. Now, yeah. pretty much Amazon rules the world because they learned to follow the trends. So you want to make sure that when you're following the trends, you're having the right tools that's being put into your business. So mm -hmm. if you're continuing to follow up on your business and you're following up on what's the value of my business? Has my business grown? Is it the same value than when I first started it? Um, what's the, how, how much if I was to sell it today or someone wants to buy me out today, what would it be worth? And mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you get an accurate um, account for it. Take it into consideration. Is staff going to go with that? If someone mm -hmm. buys you out, is staff going to go with that? Or mm -hmm. let's just say you sell the business. Is staff going to go with that? So all these different considerations you want to make sure that you have for your business, making sure that all the documents are right. If you have a business partner, how often are you updating those mm -hmm. documents? I run into so many business owners that they're like, hey, Umama, um, something happened to my business partner. And I'm like, Okay. Um, I, there's nothing I can really do about it because those documents weren't updated. It's really a matter of asking yourself, do you want to be in business with that, that, uh, your business partner's spouse or mm -hmm. their significant other? So making sure those documents are, are updated. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I would recommend to making sure that your, your business is well established, especially for women, is I'll actually send the link at the end of this. Uh, there's a link that you could go to make sure that your business is woman certified. So as oh, long yeah. as it's 51% woman certified, it allows you to get different grants for mm -hmm. your business. Now the grants, while I'm, and I'm talking about the, the women that are just starting off in business, right? Um, those grants will help your business and be able to allow your business to grow drastically in the first few years. Um, so those are the first few things that I would recommend to to get established, make sure that, you know, um, your training, right? Uh -huh. Make sure uh -huh. that the documents are right. Make sure that everything's updated. Um, and you want to keep on with the trends. If, for example, if you're selling pies and they said, hey, the newest trend for pies is you want to be sprinkling golden ruby on there. Yeah. And if all the other shops around you are sprinkling golden ruby and you're not doing it, you're you're going to be out of business. Right. Unless you come up with something better. Right. Right. <laughs> Unless you come up, but you got to know what you're up against in order to decide if you're just kind of out there doing something random or if you're offering the next best thing that the market is going to be running to. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really important because you know at, at my heart, you know, I'm I'm a business strategist and I always think about things uh, just from a strategical, uh, strategic perspective. Strate I don't know what strategical is. <laughs> a strategic perspective, you know, and thinking about, you know, the, the next steps and, and, and what's, what's going to follow. And, you know, a lot of times when we get into business, uh, you know, out of passion, we kind of lose, we leave the strategy behind. 
you know, because we're like, oh, this is my passion. This is something I love. This is, you know, this is my purpose. And the thing is, you know, it is your strategy. I mean, it is your passion. It is your purpose. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And and you've got to think of it that way. And you've got to treat it that way. Because, you know, I'm also an attorney. And so that that brain never turns off in terms of thinking about the legal ramifications of things. And when you don't document and when you don't you know, make sure that you always consider the contingencies. And it's not about being negative. It's just recognizing that there are a lot of different variables that can affect your business. Yes. And each of these variables can have differing financial consequences. And if you don't, you don't take those var variables into consideration, you can have a financial uh, catastrophe. I just can't talk now. A financial catastrophe that could have been avoided. Yes. So, you know, that's why you've got to always think about these things. And I'll just say this, you know, I, I'm a woman, right? I got a couple of degrees. I got, I got a, a, a couple of accomplishments, but finances are not my area of expertise. All right. So one of the things that Umama talked about is how important it is to have a support system, right? And to have people who are experts in the area who are not. I know enough about finances to be dangerous, you know? I know what I need to be doing sometimes on the house to accomplish it. And, and I'm, I'm as good as I am in, in finances because I served as a treasurer. For a nonprofit, for my nonprofit organization, I was the treasurer. And this was like a six-figure, uh, they had annual, what do you call it, annual fundraiser. They brought in six figures every year. So I was I was the CFO of a six-figure business years ago. But it helped me to learn about some practices that I was able to at that time put into practice for my personal finances, but now I'm able to rely on those basic skills to do some basic stuff, real basic. Uh, for um, so, you know, when, when you encounter a, uh, a, a business owner, you know, how do you let them know about the support that they need in a way that, you know, they understand that this is part of building their team as opposed to, you know, them not um, understanding what they need to understand. Well, you bring up a very valid point because a lot of people go into business because they're like, oh, I'm sick of working for that person. I can do it better on my own. So they have the mindset of a technician opposed of someone that's running and owning their business. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes than not, when I run into business owners, they're investing so much money into their business, which is phenomenal. You're, you're, buying the right tools and equipment and investing in yourself. But the thing that they forget to do is really pay themselves. Mm -hmm. Your first year, you're not going to become rich. Okay. You're, you're going to be scraping by. You're a business owner, right? You should be putting money into your business, but you need to also be paying yourself and making sure that you're setting yourself money aside for rainy days. Mm -hmm. So, um, a lot of times, especially, I love when people know about finances. I'm like, that's great. You know, that's phenomenal. What I tell them, though, is what a financial advisor can do that you personally can't do is two things. A, 
like we might be licensed in things that you might not be licensed in. And then the other thing is that we take the emotions out. So I have a financial advisor. Yeah. Um, because if I didn't have a financial advisor, I like to spend money. I like to live. I like to travel. Um, but my, my financial advisor makes sure that I stay in line as well, too, because even though we're both licensed to do the same exact thing, yeah, they're allowed to say, hey, Umami, you know what? Is that really closer to your goal? They mm -hmm. take the emotions out of it. Mm -hmm. um, they need to make sure that they're checking me. If your financial advisor isn't asking you the right things, then it's like, okay. So when you're in business, a lot of people, like I said, they, they want to be in business because they're like, oh, I can do it better than someone else. Mm -hmm. But have in your mind that you're going to sell this business. Keep mm -hmm. it in your mind that someone's going to buy you out. Mm -hmm. So there's a great book that I highly, highly, highly recommend for everyone to read. It's called The Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm a, yeah, I'm a it's a, such a great book. And so Robert Kiyosaki has these four quadrants on there. It's called the E, the, the S, the B, and the I, right? So the E stands for employee. I have it so I can spell his name, but right? I can have that book somewhere, but because... Kiyosaki, spell it for me because I'm, I'm about to jack it up. Um, <laughs> All right. on, I'll look it up. I'll look it up for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back um, and fix it, y'all. So uh, yeah. I don't think I have it spelled quite correct. I have his book. It's on, like K. Uh, K, K Y. K anyway, yeah. I'll go back and fix it, but I put that in the in the comments there. Okay. Uh, you have so Robert that. Kiyosaki has this great book. It's called The Cashflow Quadrant. And it's the, the E, the S, the B, and the I. So mm -hmm. the E stands for employee, right? S stands for self-employed or specialist. Mm -hmm. So these two categories, the E and the S, they're on the left side of the quadrant. And it's 95% of the population that they're fighting for 5% of the wealth. Mm, yes. So I want, I want that to register with you guys again. 95% of the population is fighting for 5% of the wealth. Now, why is that? Well, because the employee, their mindset hasn't really changed. All they did was just decide to open up business. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're in a business mindset. It just means that they're in a, an employee mindset and they want to open up a business. Right. Um, then you have the B in the I. So B is for business owner, but a systematic business. So think of like a McDonald's or mm -hmm. Dunkin' Donuts or a Panera Bread. Something mm -hmm. that the CEO doesn't need to be there, but they're still yeah. making money. Right. And then the I stands for investor. So a lot of times what happens is people in the E and the S category, they want to dump their money into the I because they're like, oh, I want to invest. I want to grow my money. I want to make sure I'm rich. Right. But their mindset is not there yet. Mm -hmm. So Robert Kiyosaki in his book, he talks about when you change the mindset of instead of being in that quadrant of the 95% and is fighting for 5% of the wealth, be on the other side where you're 5% of the population and you're sharing 95% of the wealth. Yeah, yeah. So if you're trying to be the CEO of your business, right, you need to make sure that this, your mind is in the right stage. Mm -hmm. Because if you're still thinking like an employee, like, oh, I got to clock out. Yeah. Oh, I got to, something's going to happen. And you're not living and breathing your business. Mm hmm you're not going to become that CEO status that you want to be. You're right. not going to be able to make those money moves because your mindset is not in the right time. Right. So you're in the CEO spot still thinking like a reception. Right. So let's just, uh, I just want to take a quick sponsor break. 
and then yeah. we'll get back into this conversation because that that made me think about a, a really great uh, great question. Uh, but of course, this episode was brought to you this evening by C-Suite Women's Network, where you can learn strategies to be able to go from idea to strategy, to execution, to create the life you desire and deserve. The mission at C-Suite Women's Network is to equip women to be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experiences, and influence to create the lives, businesses, careers that they desire and deserve. So be the CEO of your life. You can be a better CEO in your business. You get equipped, you get the results you desire. So go on over to www.discovertheceoinyou.com. That's www.discovertheceoinyou.com to schedule your strategy session. So as we're talking about becoming, becoming a CEO in your business and really developing that CEO mindset, I want to just kind of emphasize a couple of things. One of the things that I hope you picked up She's a financial advisor. She has a financial advisor. I'm a coach. I have coaches. You know, as the CEO, one of the things that you really got to get into the mindset of believing and embracing is that this is not a solo. This is not something you do solely by yourself. And it's not, you know, she doesn't have a financial advisor because she doesn't know what she's doing. She has a financial advisor because she needs someone to to make decisions without the emotional investment that she has in her finances. Because she wants to go to China. Because we, we plan on going to Bali. We also yes. Umama <laughs> and Stephanie are going to be good. We're going to have some kind of adventure in Bali. We've already decided that. Um, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know we're going, right? Yes. Our financial advisors may say, oh, you might want to make them work to 2020, right? <laughs> you might work to 2020. Or, or maybe maybe instead of going to Bali, y'all just might need to meet up somewhere in, in Florida or something, you know? Yeah, right? <laughs> but, but that's something that, you know, when you're dealing with money or anything else, it's really important to get into the habit of checking yourself, like Ice Cube say, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? <laughs> you know, working with people who are going to hold you accountable to your goals. Um, that's one thing in the coach that I do, you know, is I don't help, I don't tell people what to do in their businesses. I don't tell people how to launch or, or what to do, but I help them to be accountable to their own goals. And that's the advantage of one, educating yourself and two, working with an expert. Those are two E's, all right? Uh, working with an expert. expert. So I just want to really drive that. It's, a, it's, a, it's just something that I think as a CEO, we really got to embrace. And that is, you know, CEOs don't do everything in their company. Jeff Bezos, Be- is it Bezos or Bezos? I think it's Bezos. Yeah, Bezos. I had it right. Yeah. So Jeff yeah. Bezos, he ain't putting no books in no packages, right? He ain't fulfilling no orders. He's sitting in his office somewhere coming up with some grand strategy about Amazon, how Amazon going to take over the world, right? You know, he's not in every facet of his business. He understands it. He's connected to it, but he's not doing it. Why? He's a great team of people who are able to do that for him. So I just want to emphasize that. But, you know, one of the things that you talked about, you know, when you're talking about this, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, talks about in the cash flow 
cash flow quadrant. And I know I've heard a similar discussion of that, you know, by, by others, but basically kind of drills down to the same thing, you know, working for people as opposed to working for others, working for yourself, getting your business to work for you. And then, you know, passive income basically. Right. And so, you know, I, I know I didn't really learn about passive income. I'm going to say law school. Really? I, I really learned about passive income as a first year law student at Harvard. And I felt stupid. Then. I just didn't know. But I was in corporations class. I was in my corporations class learning about the corp, you know, corporations as a legal entity. And I asked the question. It was it was a really stupid question, but I just didn't know any better. But I asked some some question about can you be a stock owner? And I forgot what it was. And I remember everybody looked at me like I had like five heads. But I didn't know. I didn't understand mm -hmm. the concept of stock and and yep. owning parts of a company and yep. you know because it just wasn't something that my family talked about and it wasn't something that I knew about. And so it's so important for us to know what we don't know yeah as it relates to our finance so like when you're when you're working with with ceos what are some of the common things you think you know that they just don't even they haven't even begun to think about because they're still in that employee mode even yep. though they own their own business. So passive income, I want to uh, tie back to the, to the support and the teamwork and related to how it relates to passive income. So when you were talking about um, Amazon, for example, yes, he knows different parts of his business and he did all the packaging when he first started it, right? Because you've got to do the ground. you got to right, do right, that right, ground right. first. But don't be a technician. There's times to be a technician in your business. And then there's times to actually execute yeah, and yeah. be that CEO. Mm -hmm. So when you're trying to create passive income, just realize that if you're doing it by yourself, you're not going to make so much money. Mm -hmm. You're only going to make as much as however many hours you can dedicate to it. Because mm -hmm. you need to have that support system. You need to be able to, to make that passive income. Once you have started... Your, your business is up and running and it's actually running smoothly and you can leave the business and make sure that someone else is doing the technician part for you. You mm -hmm. can go off on vacation or you can um, give to nonprofits or you could do a charity or you could do a missionary work or whatever thing that you actually are really, truly passionate about. Um, you want to make sure that's in place. So in order to have that passive income, multiple sources have said that you need to really have seven streams of income mm -hmm. to really create financial wealth. Seven. Seven. Yeah. I'm yeah. still working on my fourth. <laughs> I, know. I know. Yeah. But you, know, you want to you have multiple streams of income because once that business is up and running, so let's go back to McDonald's, right? McDonald's, what is McDonald's really in the business of? Real estate. Yes, exactly. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 yeah, no, you're absolutely estate. right. McDonald's yeah. is in the business of real estate. Mm -hmm. Well, hold on. They sell burgers, shakes, and fries, though. And that's only because of my conversation with you, ma'am. I'm just, re I'm regurgitating <laughs> what we talked about, just so you know. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry. That's how I do that. 
No, you're perfect. You're perfect, right? Um, but if they're in the business of real estate mm-hmm. and burger shakes and fries is going to bring them income, well, then other McDonald's were like, hey, you know what? There's this, uh, what was it, the red box that was, you could go to different kinds of, uh, of McDonald's and you could see a red box. You can rent your DVDs. Well, DVDs are going obsolete, but you can rent movies, right? Hey, coffee. Everyone's jumping on the coffee bandwagon, right? And Mm -hmm. breakfast. Let's get breakfast. So McDonald's actually does more business in their breakfast menu than any other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, This isn't an advertisement, by the way, for McDonald's, but there's very successful, successful business uh, that have that have made it systematic that they just keep bringing in money in, money out, money in, money out, money in, money out. One yeah. of my best friends, actually, her parents owns eight McDonald's. They used ah. to own 13, and now they own eight. So I kind of know a little bit about how the, uh, the McDonald's work, world works. So they're in the business of real estate. They started bringing in burger shakes and fries, right? And then they jumped on the bandwagon of, well, coffee first, and then they got uh, the Red Box, well, what other income can you bring in from, from uh, McDonald's? Hmm. What else is going on? Oh, there's this health phase that's going on, right? Yes. Everybody wants to be healthy. Why don't yeah. you get yourself a smoothie? Yeah. What else is going on? So McDonald's in their prime location have figured out ways to bring multiple streams of you, you go to McDonald's or you go to a franchise um, take Dunkin Donuts or a Starbucks or anything else that they're just bringing in passive income. They're still the main hub, right? You're still going to that Starbucks. You're still going to the, the McDonald's, the Dunkin Donuts. You're still going to that name. But what you're making that purchase of is allowing the CEO to bring in passive income. So it's a matter of reviewing your business and seeing, okay, if I'm a, uh, CEO, we're going to use you for example, right? You're a coach. Mm-hmm. You're also, you've written a book. You're a yes. speaker. Yes. Um, you're an attorney. Yes. So there's also so many other things that you do, but those are the top things that come out of my, my head, right? So Stephanie already is generating mul- generating multiple streams of yeah. income and it all bring it, brings it back to her business. So mm-hmm. it's a matter of you re- reviewing your business and saying, okay, if I want to sell pizza, what yeah. else am I going to bring into that pizza? Yeah. Am I going to offer coffee? Am mm-hmm. I going to offer Gatorades? Am I going to offer Cokes? Am I going to offer what else? What do people want? Right. So yes, you want to please your customers uh, to bring them coming back in, but you want to make sure that you're able to have multiple ways that passive income is coming in. Yeah. So take, for example, when I sit down with my clients, right, we sit down every six months. Yes, we're reviewing their goals and we're updating things. But if they need something else, I want to be that person that's able to help them. Right. Right. So you want to make sure that when you're looking at your business, whether you own a hair salon, whether you do real estate, whether you are a coach or a doctor or an attorney, you want to make sure that you're having multiple streams of income mm-hmm. um, because that's the only way when you have the different different streams of income that you can actually create financial wealth. Right. If you just have one source of income, God yeah. forbid something happens to you. Yeah. Then what? Because I remember, you know, when I when I first began this uh, entrepreneurial journey, you know, I was going to be a speaker, right? And that's what I wanted to do. I was going to be a speaker. 
And I remember kind of sitting down, really doing the math. And, you know, when I started out as a speaker, my rate was lower than what it is now, now that I have some experience and, yep. and, and one value, know the true value of the, the knowledge that I bring. But I remember when I did the math, because what I wanted to do, and it was kind of still thinking about that, that employee, I just wanted to recreate the salary that I had in my job as, as a corporate attorney, you know, yep. and, so, and just doing that exercise, I looked at how many speeches I was going to have to give a year. How many was it at that time? Oh my God. It was like 50, 50 or 60 speeches. And it's 52 weeks in a year, y'all. You'd like <laughs> never be home. I'd never be home. I'd be, I'd be speaking. I don't even know all these people I would be speaking to, but I had to do, I, I think the number was like, it was either 35 or 50, but it was ridiculous. And then, so I said, well, I'm going to write a book. So I wrote a book and I looked at, okay, well, how many, if I, if I want, again, thinking in that, if I just want to replace my salary, um, how many books do I have to sell? And then I, and, you know, I looked at, you know, that, but it's, it's, it's really important to do the numbers. Because that's one of the things that I do when I work with women who are getting ready to launch their business or getting ready to take their business expand their business we do the numbers because a lot of the women that i work with want to transition from full-time employment to uh working in their jobs full-time and they'll say i want to do it yep. in and then i ask the question okay well whatever product it is that they're or service that they're offering all right how much do you charge okay now how much do you want to make how much do you have to sell to make that number how yes. much do you have to sell annually? How much do you have to sell monthly? How much do you have to sell weekly? How much do you have to sell a day? And when they really begin to look at those numbers, it's astounding to them because they've not really thought about it from a strategic perspective because they're all about exactly. passion. I'm passionate right. about what I'm doing. But you've got to know your numbers. Yes. You've got, and then because when I did that, it helped me to really think about multiple streams of income and looking at different ways because, you know, my true passion is writing. I love writing. I love writing books. You know, I just, I just finished a book. I'm getting ready to start. Oh, yes. Yes, you know? So I love writing and that is eventually what I'm going to do all the time. But, you know, but when I coach that requires me, right? So I learned that, well, you know what, if I want to get in front of more people, then I need to add a digital product. Yes. So it's me, but not me, you know, and it frees me up to do other things. So we really have got to start thinking about this um, in a strategic way and get out of the mindset as CEO that I have to do everything in my business. I always say this, you know, I always like to say this uh, joking around with people like, uh, you know, you may be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but you should not be doing everything in your business. Right. Right. <laughs> It's so true. That's what it's I was so like, true. I can do all things that Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, but don't be doing everything in your business, right? You need to learn how to leverage your talents against others because you will make more money that way. Because if you're doing everything, you only have 24 hours. You are, And you do need to sleep. You do need to, to rest. You need to exercise. You need to have a balance. Wait, what's sleep? I'm yeah, no. <laughs> you know? But if you're trying to do everything in your business by yourself and you are not 
working with financial advisors, you're not working with coaches, you're not working with experts and whatever it is, you know, then you are going to limit yourself simply because as one, you can only do so much. But when you combine and you collaborate and you engage, you know, with other experts, you're able to do so much more. Yeah, no, and that's that's definitely spot on. Um, I always, all my my small business owners, I ask them every single time we sit down, how much have you invested in yourself? Not in your business, but personal growth. Mm -hmm. What new coaches have you brought on? Because every single time you hire someone else, that an expert that's going to help you get to that next level, mm -hmm. hello, dollar signs, that's all it's doing for you. It's bettering yourself. It's bettering your clients. It's bettering the people that you serve. And it allows you to make and generate more money. Um, so when you're asking about passive income and you're asking about, okay, well, how do I create true financial wealth? Ask yourself, how many books am I reading? Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett, right? Spends mm -hmm. most of his days reading, reading. than anything else. Mm -hmm. That's okay, why. So yeah. And that's, that's why he, that's why, what do they call him? The Oracle of Omaha. That's why he knows so much about the market. He reads all these different things. Yeah. Because that was that was one of the most fascinating books I ever read. What, uh, well, uh, it was the Snowball. I, think. I got it on my shelf somewhere. Yep. It was, uh, Snowball, but it was a biography written about uh, Warren Buffett. And it was fascinating to know. It's kind of how he, got, he used to read the newspapers. It was the, but it wasn't a new, it was a financial newspaper. I forget what Yeah, yep. It's yep. the pink, pink newspaper. What is it? Uh, it's not the Wall Street Journal, but it's a. Uh, anyway, he reads all the time, and we've got to we've got to learn to invest in, in our mind. mind. In your mind. Money. So Stephanie brought up a, a good point. You know, you're investing in your mind. You've got to invest in your health, your mm -hmm. well being. You could be busting your butt, working, 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 working. And I was joking around saying, "What's rest?" Uh, because sometimes that you're so involved in your business yeah. that you lose sight of why are you actually doing this? Mm -hmm. What's the long-term vision? What kind of life do you want to live? Yeah. Um, here's a little sample for myself. The reason why I became a financial advisor is because I wanted to make sure that my family, my friends, the people that I care about, God forbid something was to happen to them, I'm able to say, you know what, I'll take care of that. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to build schools and hospitals. If you guys ever read the book, uh, Three Cups of Tea or Kite Rider, they're both really great books. Yeah. But yeah. I want to be able to, when I pass away, 200, 300, 400 years from now, people are still reading my name in the in the history books. People mm -hmm. aren't going to read my name saying, oh, well, Madam Marzouk, financial advisor. But they'll read what legacies I've, I've felt right. behind. Right. Look at um, LeBron James. He just built oh a school, God. right? Which is so phenomenal. So yeah. yes, LeBron James might go down in the history books of one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I respect him as a man. I have my issues with the Celtics, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's phenomenal. He's, he is just so passionate about the game and so passionate about what he does, but he's like, I'm not just about basketball. Yeah. There's something more I need to do. So he built a school. So now, when you go Google LeBron, you're yeah. not seeing, all right, yeah, you're going to see he's a basketball player, but you're going to see the I Promise school. Right, right. He's right. trying to leave a legacy behind. That's what you need to ask yourself is, 
when I pass, right, we're all going to pass. There's two yeah. things that we can't get out of life. It's death and taxes. Taxes, yeah. taxes you can kind of get away, but you might end up in jail if you don't pay your taxes. <laughs> Those are the two things in life you can't get away with, right? So how, what legacy are you going to leave behind? That's great that you have your business. And there's a lot of CEOs that, you know what? They end up doing multiple businesses throughout their life. And it's a matter of asking yourself, what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind? Yeah. Because businesses get bought and sold and out of business every right. single day. Right. So is your business going to stand its ground? Are you going to leave a legacy? Are you going to be able to, when people are walking uh, past you, they're going to say, oh, I know you because you did this for our community. Mm -hmm. Or are they going to say, oh, we know you because you used to own a salon shop that's out of business now. Right, right. Well, you know, this is, like I said, it's always a power-packed hour. And, of course, we're drawing close to the end of this hour. But I did want to take a few minutes to acknowledge some of the comments. You know, Barbara Swinney says, you know, this has been so helpful in shifting the mindset. And, you know, that is what is so important about uh, conversations from this front. This is not because we want you to, to feel something, learn something, do something. And mm -hmm. so, you know, the thing is that, you know, when you begin to feel that shift in your mind, you learn some information that helps you to do something. So just thank you for sharing that with us. And yeah. of course, the challenge is for you to actually make those CEO moves and put that shift into, into a strategy that's going to move you to where you want to go. So, you know, Umama, of, of course, it is always a pleasure talking to you. Every time we get together, we have such a great time. Yeah, we have some deep conversations. <laughs> But that's so much fun. It's so animated. Uh, you know, we, we have just begun our, our adventures together. And that is something that's just so incredibly beautiful about when women gather. I mean, you know, it's 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 beautiful, truly, to share thoughts, to share uh, stories and to just really encourage you. Because every time I'm we, we have a conversation, she always sparks something in me that that makes me want to go and elevate and and do something different so i just thank you for that mama well thank you this this has been a pleasure uh it's it's so great because i truly like admire you stephanie i think the world of you i mean it's great that we've built this like amazing friendship as well too um but what you're doing and the the lives that you're changing and the impact that you're doing for women is is truly phenomenal so give yourself a round of applause for that oh. um, I do want, just because I know we're wrapping up and yeah. I do, we do have a part two, but I did want to yeah. leave everyone with a few action steps to take. Yes. Um, first action step to take is get yourself in touch with an attorney. And then that way you can review your documents and make sure that your documents is in place, especially if you have a business partner, mm -hmm. uh, your buy-sell agreements, everything is in place. Um, make sure that you have your a financial advisor on your team as well, too. Make sure that you have a good support system, a support system that's going to really kick you in the butt when you need to get kicked in the butt, um, but supports you. The best compliment that you can ever get in life is if some, if you teach someone how to do something and they do it way better than you, that is the yeah. best compliment because you're like, all right, I was able to do that. Yeah. Um, so make sure that you have a support system, make sure that you have the right people in place and start setting money aside separately from your business mm -hmm. to your personal life and make sure that you're also investing in yourself and not just in the business. Because if you get this right, everything else will go smoothly. Right. That is so true. Thank you so much. And as she mentioned, this is part one. So she's going to join us again 
on the next episode of Conversations with C-Suite. So I just wanted to just, again, thank you so much for being with us and engaging in this powerful conversation. And if, if our viewers want to get in touch with you, how can they find you and, and how can they uh, uh, remain in contact with you after the show has ended? Sure. Um, is there, I can send you my contact information. Again, oh, yes. People, right? yes, yes, yes. Yep. So I could do that. And then you can also add me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Umama Y Marzouk. So it's O-M-A-M-A, -A, the letter Y, and then it's M-A-R-Z-U-Q. Um, I'm also going to give you guys my cell phone number. So people always ask, oh my God, you're giving your phone number online. You'd be amazed at how many calls I do not get. Mm, Pick yeah. up the phone, people. You want yeah. your business to flourish? Pick up the phone. Have a conversation with someone. Go yeah. out with to coffee or tea with somebody. So my phone number is 774-269-7327. And then I'm going to send Stephanie my contact information, like my, uh, my company and everything. That way you guys can get on there and get in touch. Um, but connect with me on LinkedIn. And for our next session, any questions that you ladies have, I mean, this is your conversation as well, too. So, All right, I'm going to put this... Uh... Because I didn't catch. Say that number again. 774-269-7327. There you go. There go. All right. So I'm going to put that put that in the feed for you. Again, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Always enjoy, enjoy. having great conversations with you. And yes, thank you. Having you again next time on Conversations from the C Suite. So, y'all, let's give her a virtual round of applause. Thank, her. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you, see you next time. So, thank you so much. So, of course, we have gotten to the end of Conversations from the C Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to being a CEO. And of course, tonight's episode was brought to you by C-Suite Women's Network, where you can go to learn to be the CEO of your life by using your education, experience, and your ideas in, or an in influence to be able to create the life you desire and deserve. Go on over to www.discovertheceoinyou.com to schedule your strategy session. So you know how this goes. The C-suite is where women create the lives and businesses they desire and deserve. But you know, it's all about feeling something, learning something, but most of all, doing something. You got to make those CEO moves. So take what you've learned tonight and create those circles of influence. Educate and empower yourself so that you can elevate your life and career and business. Operationalize what you've learned so you can optimize your outcome. You know, whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of your business, you are always the CEO of your life, which means you have the power of choice to create the life you desire and deserve. So thank you so much for joining Conversations from the C-Suite. We look forward to connecting with you again in the next episode. And remember, the power is not in the conversation, but in your CEO mood. So don't just talk about it, baby. Be about it. But don't wait. Remember, weight broke the scale. Now, now is the best time to do what you know needs to be done. Your life is a product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being in the C-suite with us and look forward to next episode when we are going to continue to talk about how to make 
those money moves, CFO moves for the CEO. So join us next episode for part two. Until then, remember your life is a product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. This is Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your hostess or host. I'm just going to be the host. Your host with the most. And I will see you next time.